Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about when to let go of projects you might be working on or when is a good time to let go, when is a good time not to let go. This is going to be very conversational because... Um, Right now, we're going through the hustle and bustle of the holidays. And, you know, for example, I have uh, about three or four commissions downstairs in the studio, and I've got um, other projects, and we're getting ready for our virtual show and like different things like that. And it's easy to feel overwhelmed because there is a deadline. Definitely. With the holidays, especially with holiday shipping when you're doing stuff online. And I think it's important to have that space for yourself where you can just let go of something and exactly what that means. Yeah, I, I've uh, seen a few comments from our community where they're like feeling bad right now because projects have been backburnered or like asking, how do you stay focused when like a bunch of stuff is happening? <laughs> like when it's the busy times, it's almost like it's par for the course that like Long-term projects or projects that don't have a deadline are going to get backburnered because you're doing the holiday thing. Whether you're doing shows or you're doing virtual shows or you're doing online orders or you're doing commissions, whatever you're doing. It's like, this is what we're doing right now. This is what we're doing. And I think I want to demystify that entire process, right? Because it's easy to, like, see people, you know, like other people and think that everybody has their shit together, when it when it comes to stuff like that and like no 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 one really has their shit together i feel like for all of us it's one of those things where you're just like screaming with your eyes closed just running into the darkness and then by the end of it you're like oh shit i made it it happened did yeah. it go well i don't know yeah um i can tell you that every year i have this idea of how it's going to go when i sit down in january and think about it and i think all the way out until the next holiday season i'm like yeah this upcoming holiday season i'm totally going to have my shit together and so far every year I do not. <laughs> but I guess I inch a little closer to having my shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. I, I think, well, you got to remember, every year is going to be different. So yeah. it's not like, you know, the, the nice thing is having stuff happen during the holidays. And I want to make, I want to make something clear too, because I want to, I want to be very clear about this. It's not like I've got a bazillion commissions and I'm just like wall to wall busy. I've got a lot, I've got a few commissions. It's like a handful of orders that have come in and it's great because they're for my prints. They're not like large scale commissions. Honestly, the holidays are not, if you're thinking in terms of money, the holidays, you got to think about gift giving, like no one is going to give a painting to someone unless it's a specific commission or it happens to be from an artist that they love, you know, or, mm -hmm. or a subject matter that they love. Right. As artists, we don't, we don't typically, we will like, for example, at the virtual show that we're going to do this Saturday, I'm releasing my uh, goggles and I've created some uh, goggles ornaments. They're so cute. Um, so that's going to be like the, the release of that. So it's, it's balancing commissions also with all the cool stuff that I want to release for the holidays. Also with the calendars, I'm very happy to say that this year, my aggressive promoting of the calendar which basically aggressive promoting is just reminding people hey this calendar exists um has led to almost selling out i've only got seven calendars left and that's very exciting for me very exciting for me and then balancing that against the snafu that is our order for calendar sleeves is missing yeah we don't know where the sleeves are <laughs> So, so it's we'll like, have to troubleshoot that today. Yeah, and there's there's stuff like that that happens where it's like, you know, you're working on something, you've got this schedule. For example, uh, last week with the Rogue Community, um, I had to cancel uh, one of the workshops that we were going to do because we had a day that hit where there was zero power. They were working on the power lines and like everything that I had planned for that day with the virtual show and everything just went out the window. And it's in times like those that you really have to like stop and just reevaluate. I think you have to reevaluate constantly mm -hmm. and just go from where you are, right? Because it's easy to lay a plan and be like, this plan is set in concrete. 
and then the shit hits the fan or things don't work out and then you you basically become a ball of stress trying to juggle this plan that you had in place that is just not going to work out with life, with the way that life is heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you guys, just to let you know, anybody that's listening to this, we have our amazing rogue artist family here with us. And so if you hear us reading comments, we're reading their brilliance. Their comments, their questions, their uh, stories related to this topic. Clover said, I am swamped between all the events I have coming up in the Artist Alley games I'm coordinating. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when I when I was saying, like, it's not like I have a bazillion commissions coming in. I do have a few commissions. But really, this time of year, like, I start uh, playing around with things. Like, this year, I want to release postcards. Is that going to happen? Don't know. By the time the virtual show shows up? No. I have a plan in place, but who knows if it'll happen. And that's really... What this podcast is about is like realizing like we might we might have really aggressive plans and like want to do all these things and have certain deadlines, but also understanding that like, you know, if it starts to become it'll always be a little bit stressful whenever you have a deadline, Mm -hmm. just a little bit, though, if it becomes too stressful where it's no longer fun. Then really, you have to start reevaluating like, all right, do I need to let this go? forever do i need to let it go for now you know yeah so one example that i had to look at was that i had every intention of dropping a new song at the end of december which in theory could have happened but i also need this brilliant man to shoot a music video for it so i was like what am i going to do like we're going to do the virtual show like do the holiday shipping rush, like get everything shipped out and then immediately be like, and now we're shooting a music video. Like that actually doesn't sound like fun at all. And so it wasn't a matter of shelving the song forever, but it was a matter of saying like, nah, this song's going to drop at the end of January because I'm simply not working on music right now. Yeah. And I got to be okay with that. And it's, and it's funny because you have to fight that, that part of your brain that is, you know, like, um, there, there's a part of my brain that gets motivated by, uh, let's say money, like finances, right? Well, I know that if I release my next book, um, people are going to buy it, right? There are people out there that love my books and I know that if I release it, people are going to buy it and that's great because then, you know, money, we make money. Um, it, however, if that's the motivation, then I'm going to throw that book on top of everything else that I have going on. And then it becomes stressful. And then I would say that the end product, the end result is... um, Less than it could be. Less than it could be. Because you're throwing a bunch of whack energy at the project. Exactly. I believe that there's a beautiful synchronicity to things. And I've really started telling myself, like, things happen in the right time, right? So if a thing is not happening or I can't make a thing happen, then I'm telling myself, like... When the thing does happen, as long as I stay in a good place with it, the synchronicity is going to be there. It's going to line up and it's going to be awesome. And if I try to force it and plow through it while being grouchy, chances are I'm just shooting myself in the foot there. I mean, anytime you do anything from a place where you're like grouchy and like in a bad mood or feeling like stressed out, like honestly, I I love to call those moments uh, lapses of brilliance, momentary (laughs) lapses of brilliance, because like you definitely are not your best self when you allow yourself to stress out. Leslie says, holiday plus a big change in living circumstances can tip the balance in your creative flow. Remember to breathe. Yes. Thank you, Leslie. Definitely. Yeah. And we've had, you know, like recently within the last month, my my daughter moved in. So there's like a dynamic that is changing as far as like scheduling and and just workflow and and making sure that we're making time for family stuff. You know, because Clee and I are are used to kind of like making time for each other, like here and there throughout the day as we're working on projects. But, um, you know, it's it's nice to be able to sit down to dinner every night. Yeah, it's something that we've started doing, whereas before it was kind of like eat on the run. Sometimes we'd sit down for dinner. Sometimes dinner happened while we were watching our weird documentaries till 3 in the morning. Sometimes dinner happened at 11 p.m. Yeah. (laughs) It is really nice to say, like, okay, it's not the same time every night, but it's kind of within the same time window of, like, we're sitting down as a family. This means that, you know, today's um, work is done. 
and this is the family time, and that has been really, really It nice. has been really nice. And honestly, it's only had positive impact. It's had no negative repercussions. Things are still getting done, and it's benefiting everyone, I think. so. Clover said, I am... Sw- oh, I, I read, read that. that. You just got to go with the flow. Just got to go with the flow. Aurora yeah. said, make plans, and the universe will <laughs> laugh at you. I like to think that the universe is laughing with me when yeah. I remember to laugh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On hand said, I feel like every time I think, great, I'll have some time, something else pops up. That, and I feel like that's something that is just standard, you know. Um, I feel like that is just how it works. And you really have to have a sense of humor about it and be able to laugh at the circumstance. If you find yourself not laughing, like, luckily for us, when the power went out, I was like, all right, well, I guess the stuff that I had planned today isn't going to work out. And so instead we went uh, grocery shopping and, and went and did whatever it was that we could do. Yeah, and hung out with the kids. <clears throat> and it turned out to be a great day. Um, Clover said, then you got planning for next year, holidays, family. You just got to give yourself a lot of grace this time of year. Yes. It's true. Yes. Yes, you definitely do. Um, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of emotions tied to a lot of things. True. You know, like, especially when it comes to family and the holidays, it, it could get pretty, pretty weird. This time of year, and I've been thinking about this. I, I am aware of the fact that at certain levels of busyness or if I let stress creep in that little things can trigger me (laughs) and so I am definitely keeping a close eye on my emotional state whether it's big things I kind of had a big family thing happen recently you kind of had a big family thing happen recently and then like even little things like I'm just I'm definitely keeping an eye on the emotional state. It's something that I think is important to do, especially when you, you know, like. So, for example, with us, we like to give ourselves creative projects so that we're always staying busy. Right. But at the same time, um, we're willing to put those creative projects to the side if, you know, if it gets to that point where it's like, you know what, I need time. I need time to process this thing or, you know, I'm going to take a week and whatever. Now. I'm the kind of person that I have to be doing something, right? And which is good because the honest truth is that as long as you're being deliberate, even if you're sitting there binge watching something on Netflix, like you're doing something, right? Um, So I'm very deliberate. So I might do like some repairs in the house or I might go straighten something out or, you know, fix something that's been bothering me or something. And... Maybe I'm not getting into the studio and creating artwork, and I'm fine with that. Like, you have to be fine with that. You have to be fine with setting things aside sometimes and doing something else. It's kind of like what what Chris is saying here. Mm -hmm. Uh, With our recent move, I kept the artwork on hiatus, and I'm glad I did. I have zero creative energy. Totally, because... uh... Chris and the fam just went through a humongous, humongous change, moved thousands of miles, uh, spent several months on the road, are doing home repair. Like, it's a lot. So, like, the idea that you should be, like, business as usual with the art studio, like, when you look at it from an outside perspective, you could be like, well, that would be ludicrous to try and do. But sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you're telling yourself ridiculous things um, that you, you know, like you should be able. And so, uh, you know, for you, doll fam, I'm glad to hear that you're like, no, I'm giving myself this time. I would say what's interesting about that, too, is that one of the things that I ran into, like after, we, you know, it's been it's been about two years uh, that we moved in and my brain is like, you've been here for two years. You should have your shit together. Right. And yet everyone else that I talk to that has moved will say like, it's been seven years and I'm still not, you know, I still haven't even unpacked my boxes or I still haven't done this or I still haven't done that. And it's a nice reminder to be like, to, to go easy on yourself, to not be such a time jerk does that make yeah, sense time jerk um and sometimes like also <laughs> sometimes it's external forces like we have had people say like oh wow you guys aren't like you know you guys aren't like unpacked yet or like you're, right oh you've had all this time so like are you getting ready to get back into like whatever and it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
sometimes it's just not even saying it for their sake, right? Just saying it for your sake. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> not there yet. Clover said yesterday I was mad at everything. everything. Yeah. You got to give yourself space for those days mm-hmm. so that you could process those things. I'm like, what, yeah. do, what do I need right now? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take time for that. Cindy said, I ran into an issue where I let my friend see a wire tree she asked me to make. She wanted me to add more variety to it. I had to order more beads and charms, and now I'm waiting on the post office. Yeah. It's such a pain in the butt. There's a lot of logistical things that can be really yeah. um, stressful during this time. The post office is one, even though I know they're working their butts off to get everything where it needs to be. But that's the problem is, like, you're dealing with a lot of packages. You're dealing with a lot of chaos. And honestly, for the holidays, like, you, you have to make... You have to make room for that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, originally, I think I had even, it's funny how you make choices and then you, here's the thing. You're going to make a choice. For example, with the calendars, I was like, I'm going to ship them out December 3rd, right? Not even looking at the calendar uh, at my, no pun intended, the my planner, calendar, my planner <laughs> um, not realizing that the 3rd was not a day that I'd be able to ship them. That was the end of the the thing and not realizing that it's over a hundred calendars. Like I need time to be able to package things correctly and make sure that they're safe and make sure that everything goes out. And so like then I, you know, then you, but it's okay. It's okay if you make those mistakes as long as you communicate. So like I wrote a blog and a newsletter and post and all kinds of things saying like, you know, the latest that the calendars will ship out is the 11th just to make sure. But those are the things that you learn. Like, okay, next year I need to make sure that I give myself the time to be able to do that because Mm -hmm. in my brain, I think one of the issues is that my brain is constantly like, go, 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 right? Like, go, 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 go. Oh, what? You got three minutes here? You could fill that time in. You've got this much time? You could fill that time in with all kinds of stuff. And then you find yourself like taking on projects and um, not having, not feeling like you don't have enough time because now you've, you've stretched yourself way too thin. And the holidays is a perfect time to do that because not only as an artist are, maybe you're working on commissions or you're getting ready for a virtual show, or you've got live shows that you're doing, but then you also have family and gifts giving and, and all the, the stuff that comes with the holidays. It feels like there does tend to be like family drama. Yeah. During the holidays or like peak family drama time during the holidays. So, yeah, the emotional balance is important. Uh, Ooh, maybe next year have a Black Friday calendar for the following year sale. Uh, Black Friday. <laughs> we, we, yeah. I, I, I actually aim for Artist Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, Artist Sunday. I think is a is a good thing. I you know that's why I'm excited about doing our virtual sale early uh, December because I feel like that like Thursday for example like the Black Friday of uh, Thursday Friday the Black Friday day I remember just kind of like hibernating that day because I was like I don't want to mm-hmm. be a part of this crazy like that's where like my introvert which a lot of people have a hard time believing that I'm an introvert. That's where my introvertism comes out is on days like that, where it's like super uber busy holidays. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of shut down. I shut down. So thank you. That's a really great idea, but probably not for me. Well, tailored to how, yeah, how you, what you need and how you think. Yeah. Adrian said, I never realized how long things take to do. And then I panicked that I have too much to do. (laughs) That's something I've been working on. Um, continuously is being more realistic about how long it takes me to do things, accepting the fact that I am a slowpoke, accepting the fact that I'm thorough and that I'm going to spend a lot of time on like most everything I do, really accepting that and then being able to communicate that to people like this, this might be a minute. I think it's a good idea to like always triple the time that you think you're going to take doing something Mm -hmm. like because I I go through that as well, uh, Adrian, like that that is something that because everything that I do, I'm like, yeah, I could get that done 
in like half an hour. I could get, I could get to, I could get this full on painting probably done in like three hours, and it's like no, that's not that's definitely not going to happen because you never account for the figuring out part, you know, where you got to figure something out, or you run into a little bit of a roadblock, or other things pop up, mm-hmm. um, and really you just have to account for that. So I would say like, you know, double quadruple it, quadruple the time, give yourself more than enough time to do it. And then, you know, for me, I'm like, all right, I'm going to quadruple the time. I'm going to see if I could get it done in that time. But I've given myself more time to be able to do it. So if I do get it done earlier, then that's like bonus time, which I always like. Definitely. I like bonus bonus time. time. Yeah. Clover said I give myself one or two tasks a day. I have a big goal, but I only give myself one or two steps a day. That's really good. That is really good, Clover. Uh, I do four. I have four things. But in that four... You know, there might be two that are like, these are the things that I want to get done. And then the other one might be call so-and-so. Yeah, like two smaller ones. Respond respond to emails, you know, like that kind of stuff. On a day like today, for example, where we have this podcast that we're recording and then we have a public live stream this evening, for me, I'm like... Even with the virtual show coming up, if I just get our laundry done, like, I'm going to call that good. Yeah. Like, I'm not even worried about the virtual show right now because there's not much I can do right now today as far as that's concerned. So it is, like, um, not piling everything into every day also. Yeah. And and that's that's the nice thing about, like, for us, like, Wednesdays. Wednesdays is, you know, we're recording this and we have our live stream in the evening and then... You know, I I work on a very very short video for the for the rogue members, um, but it's but it's easy. It's that and then check email and stuff like that. So, it's it's what I would call a full day, but there's still time for you know showering, self care, hanging out, and so I wouldn't pile on top of that like get in the studio and finish those commissions today. Right. You know, like exactly. that's I'm not going to do that. Um, so th- I think that that's where it's really important to give yourself that time. It's important to give yourself that time. And it's important to say, like, you know, uh, if I can get this done, you know, when you put something on a shelf or when you look at something, first off, when you're looking at something, it's like, all right, at the end of the day, do I really want to like, do I need to do this? Is this something that I really want to do? And if not, if you find yourself like second guessing it the entire way, I would just put it on a shelf. And then if it's been on a shelf for like a year or so and you look at it and you still are not interested in doing it, then just delete it, get rid of it. Um, but if not, if it, if it's something that you do want to do, like just put it on a shelf till later. Everything is a work in progress until you get it done. That's That's the way that I see it, right? It's not about – I used to criticize myself because people would tell me, oh, you never finish anything that you start and blah, blah. And so like I believe that about myself. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that with some things, it might take me a little bit longer, but it's all a work in progress. And, you know, I there's no rush. I don't need to I don't need to kill myself to finish something um, because I have a lot of some things that I'm working on. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you don't want that whack energy in things, like I said earlier. Uh, on hand said, I always forget about glue drying time. And then I'm always shocked that now I have to wait. Yeah, I know, right? That's why on hand, I always have like more than one project. So if I have to wait for paint or glue to dry, I'm like, okay. Or sometimes for me, it's like I'm going to do my – like when I do my drip layer, I ideally – I can let that dry for maybe about three or four hours and it'll be fine. But ideally what I do is I leave a lot of my drip layers for the last thing that I do. And that way it dries overnight. And then I get into the studio and now I've got the next step that I get to work on. So mm-hmm. a lot of it, I think a lot of it is like getting used to your workflow and then working on the timing of how things work like that. Where you could just kind of like, all right, this is good enough. I'm going to leave this overnight. Adrian said, like, when packaging stuff, I just need to ship it. Lol, takes 30 minutes to package it, and then you have three things going out. And then, yeah, so, like, yeah, it, it adds up. We give ourselves, we have a day. Um, so instead of doing the thing where, like, you get an order and then you're shipping it, get an order and you're shipping it, we have certain days where we will do the shipping stuff. And, like, that's it. Like, Definitely this time of year. Yeah. Um, 
Laura said, same, Clover. Baby steps help me feel like I'm still moving forward without getting completely overwhelmed. Very good, yeah. Jenny said, you once, 25 years ago, started and finished something big and took a shower and made coffee in 32 minutes. So you forever think that will always be the case. <laughs> I love it. That's so true. It's true. That's so true. And then you time things like that. Like, oh, yeah, I was able to do this in like no time. And you don't take into account that some days you're just going to drag ass like you are going to not, you know, you're not going to be on on 100 percent, 100 percent of the time. Yeah, you just aren't. You're going to have days where like you're not feeling it. You're going to have days where you're like, everything just takes longer and you got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like you got to you got to put systems in place that make it okay to drag ass. Clover said, I built my whole thing on dice and now I don't make them anymore. It's okay and even beneficial to change directions. Don't be afraid to stop making something because you lost your passion for it. Find your new passion. Absolutely, Clover. Let's talk oh, about this. Oh man, that's so good. Because this is good. Yeah. This is really good. Uh, you don't want to do a thing anymore. You're still doing it because it's what you've been doing. You think that it's um, safe to keep doing it, yeah. right? Well, I need. I just need to keep doing this because this is what I do. You want to change direction and you're not letting yourself. Um, letting go of a project like that for that reason can feel big and scary. We've done that. We've, we've had we to do that several times. And, you know, it's akin to me, it's parallel to having a job, right, where you, you get a job and so you have this illusion of security. And so you're doing this thing or you're creating this thing and because you built the foundation of your business on it, right, you are giving yourself this illusion of, of security with mm -hmm. it. And it's really hard to walk away from something like that. Mm -hmm. But I have found that although it's really hard to do in the long run, it is the best thing you could do. The yeah, best thing you could do. for me, and I wonder if this is true for you, Clover, um, when I, I'm thinking of one particular thing I let go of, but I was like reluctant to let go of it, even though I wanted to. And I like dragged my feet letting go of it. And then it was like, it was really like the universe was punching me in the face with it. And like, I created this whole struggle around it. And because I created a struggle, it took me like years to fully separate myself from it. And I was manifesting people coming out of the woodwork, wanting me to do this thing that I didn't want to do anymore and having to like say no. And then sometimes saying yes. And then saying yes. And then having to order the materials for it. Cause I didn't stock the materials for it anymore. And it was like, even still to this day, like 10 years later, I have people reaching out <laughs> wanting these things. And, and I'm like, it, it is what it is. But I acknowledge that I created that struggle also because I was so reluctant to let go of it for financial reasons. I mean, you and I are are a little bit, we're different when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, like when you didn't want to do signs anymore, you were like. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done doing signs. And then you just kind of, you know, because at that point I'm like, I need to rip the bandaid off. Because whatever is going to happen, whatever thing I'm afraid of happening, I need it to happen sooner than later mm -hmm. instead of dragging it out. And I think that that's why I'm a very, like, uh, leap before you look, rip the Band-Aid off, just stop doing the thing. Like when with the market, the market was a big thing. You got very used to doing the market. Yeah, and I kept saying that I was going to ease my way out of the market. And, and the truth was that I never did. I never took any steps to do that. And then the pandemic happened and forced me to just cut it off. Right. And so I'm not making an argument for ripping the Band-Aid off because sometimes you do need no. to ease your way out of things. But I think sometimes if you find yourself dragging your feet for reasons that don't serve you, then making some hard pivots might be the choice. Clover said, oh, absolutely. I still have people ask, but I got ahead of that feeling by just telling people who look at my dice that they would be the last, so get them now. It was hard, and I choked on my words at first, but then it got so much easier to rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was a good move, Clover. Gail said, this is happening for me, too. 
I've been doing fashion for years, and it's what everyone expects of me, but for many reasons, I'm finally working in illustration. I have been dealing with that doubt, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you... There, there's going to be the things that, and, and you know, I'll be honest. This, this is attached to money. It's attached to money. Totally. You create this thing because you're like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to create this thing, and then people start buying it, and then that whole like little boop connection immediately, the neural connection becomes this thing associated to security, money, income, mm-hmm. livelihood, survival. Right. Safety. So Im- safety. So immediately you attach this thing to safety and survival and it becomes this huge thing that you have such a hard time letting go of because it's like, what do you how are you going to survive? You know, and so it's a it's a very hard thing to do, but it is so important because the longer that you do a thing that you don't that you're like done with. Right. The longer you do it. The more you're presenting it out in the world and the more new people start to associate you to this thing that you've been wanting to let go of and get rid of for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like making that change, you know, whenever I made that change, those same many of those same people, not all of them, some were just there for whatever it was that I was doing at the time. And that's what they like. It wasn't even about me and associating the work with me. But the majority of the people, whatever direction I went in, they went with me. You know what I mean? Like, they went with me. I think about that because I think about, like, our YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big fear when it comes to creators out there of changing the way that they present themselves or changing some format or trying something new because they're afraid that they're going to lose their audience, their audience, their people. And the truth is, like, we've never really, we've done all kinds of, we talk about all kinds of stuff. We're weird. Um, Sometimes it's just dad jokes and nerd facts. You know, like, it's just randomly whatever it is that we want to put out there. And, you know, yeah, we've experienced a few people that are like, this is dumb. I don't get this or whatever. And I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. And really, Gail, that's. That's where it is. If you want to head in a different direction, like this is what you want to do, um, you might have people that are like, I don't get her or whatever. And it's like, okay, thank you for what you did support. Um, If this isn't for you, this isn't for you. But the majority of them are going to go with you wherever you go. And you're going to find new people who are really into what you're doing. Yeah. Clover said, since I switched away from dice, people are seeing my illustrations more and it makes me happier when they get noticed than my dice because I do put a lot of work into them, but I put pieces of my soul into my illustrations. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about also... Troy said, for chunk it comes in handy. Yeah. In all things. In all things. Whether you're letting go of a thing or doing a thing. Yeah. Uh, How you you tell the difference between you really want to let something go or you're just burned out right now. Um, that's a good, that's a good one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are things that like I knew for sure. Um, I knew for sure over a length of time that I wanted to let go of. And then there are t- things where, no, I'm probably just tired and stressed out and I don't actually want to quit doing this thing. I'm just really tired and stressed out right now. Um, you guys, I say I quit jewelry all the time because jewelry can be a lot. Jewelry can be a lot. It's messy. Sometimes it's dangerous. Sometimes it's very complicated. And sometimes I'm like, this is not sustainable with everything else that I'm doing. Right. And so then I'm like, do I really want to give up jewelry or am I just tired right now? And thus far, the answer has been, I'm just tired right now. But it also is an indicator to me that Rather than wanting to let go of making jewelry, I need to keep tweaking my approach to how I do jewelry because I trained myself into some bad habits doing constant markets and um, being on selling platforms. And so in some cases, it's like I don't need to let go of the thing, but I need to let go of how I'm doing the thing. Um, But it can be hard to know if you're if you need to let go of the thing, if you need to change how you approach the thing or if you just need a week off, you know, like I think it really depends on. um, So the again, we'll go into the whole thing. Money goes in your brain. 
right? You associate this thing that you do to being your bread and butter, to being the security. This is, this is, and then somewhere in our brain, we turn that thing into a job, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not, it, it goes from being, I want to do this because I love doing this to like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I hate being told what I have to do. And so a lot of times I have to go through that process of, you know, I've quit art. Many so times. many times. Yeah. I've quit art. I've quit writing. Um, I don't want to do books. I don't want to do music. I don't want to do performances. I don't want to do sculptures. I don't want to do videos. I don't want to do podcasts. I don't want to do all these things that I genuinely love doing. Whenever they get associated to work, right? Immediately, I don't want to do it. Um, and it's like understanding that like wait a second this do i do i actually not want to do it or is it because my perspective is off and i think that it's important to look at things now there are other things that i'm like no i don't want that i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to be like when i left the flea market i left the flea market like that right even though there was security there because i was consistently selling every weekend that i was there but i realized like wait a second like i don't want to be a flea market artist. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not the direction that I want to head in. And so I'm going to need to rip the Band-Aid off and do something else, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's that's where it's like determining, like, am I going to keep this thing or am I going to get rid of it? Sometimes you just need to step back and take a break. Sometimes you do just need a break. I definitely try not to make any big major decisions when I am tired and burned out and stressed. Not a good idea. Um, <laughs> because chances are I just need a, a break. And also I do ask myself, like, um, am I trying to move towards something that I'm really inspired to do? Or am I trying to run away from something that is just stressing me out right now? And if it's stressing me out right now, am I doing this to myself or is, am I just past doing this? And it can, it can be kind of hard to know. One of the things I reach for is like, I do try to kind of imagine myself not doing a thing anymore and then see how I feel about that. Like, do I feel completely like satisfied and joyful or are there parts of it that I miss? And if so, like, can I focus just on those parts that I really enjoy and try to get back to basics with a thing? Uh, like music, for example, I know I do music for the right reasons because I don't make any money. <laughs> so I'm, I know I'm going to keep making music as that's, long as I'm physically able to because it's not lucrative and it doesn't make sense and I just love it. That's right? the purity. That's the purity <laughs> of an art career when you first get started. It's like you're willing to do this thing. Yeah. That's why when, you know, and I get it because people want to make a living with it. But I think that that's the part where it, it really starts ruining your mentality yeah. towards it because you you didn't start creating artwork because you wanted to make money. You want to make money, right? So the motivation wasn't that. And it's interesting how that um, that gets so tied in there and it becomes work and it becomes this thing that you don't want to do anymore mm -hmm. because of the direction that you're going. It's kind of like what Lisa's saying here. Yeah. My bread and butter line has killed the artist in me. And this is the year I wake up and ride forth singing. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get trapped in your own um, delusion of what is security and what is successful for you. Right. Where now you, you create this thing. You created the line, you created the thing but now it's turned into a, a, another thing completely, mm -hmm. right? And that's a that's something that's important to look at because I've had I've had a running series for eight years, right? And my and I have other series that like lasted a month, and then I was like, all right, this series is done. This this collection is done. Um, like my seasons of change, mm -hmm. I've been doing the seasons of change since the beginning. I love that series. That series still challenges me as simple as it is. It still challenges me and I, and I, it just makes me happy. Um, but I have the benefit of, and that's a very popular series for me. I have the benefit of not turning it into work, right? Because the series also 
took a dip in popularity at one point and then it came back and then it takes a dip in popularity and then it came back. And because it wasn't about the money, um, it's always remained joyful for me. I can't say that that's how it's been with every series. There have been some series that like immediately I was like, oh, this is selling, you know, like that part of my brain is like, this is selling. And then it becomes my, it becomes something that I can count on making money with. And then it, then it changes into this other creature because now I've, I've basically made the neural connection associated this thing that I started creating, not for the money into a thing that I create for money and it just kills it. And it, then immediately I find myself sacrificing other projects in order to create this thing that I know is going to bring me the security and safety. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You create whatever it is that you create. And those things are the things that you're going to, the foundation of your art business is going to be built on. It's not just this one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that one thing that you're feeling all this security and safety from, I'm sorry, but you know, fads change, things pass, things are popular and then they, they go away. And either you're constantly innovating and playing around and doing what you're doing or you get trapped turning it into a conveyor belt of creation. Yeah. Um, and for like for me with jewelry, um, definitely when the pandemic happened, I started doing this and I'm really kind of vigilant now of doing this. Like I am paying really close attention to what I love about making jewelry and what I'm really into. And I am zeroing in on those things and I am letting go of the other stuff. Um, that maybe I was those habits that I formed from doing constant shows and like being in production mode. And so with that, it keeps that passion alive. If you're focused on what, what do I really love about this and let go of the rest kind of thing. Uh, Cameron said, my favorite YouTuber stay, started to dislike being stuck making certain content. He wasn't happy and the entire community told him to do what he loved why make content with bad, unhappy energy? Right. <laughs> totally. Or why make anything? Why make Why make anything? Why make art? Why make anything? If you're If you're not enjoying the process, yeah. if it's not If it's not coming from your soul, like why are you going to do that? Laura said, "I used to do portraits of people's children, which I was not very inspired to do. And when I started showing off some of my own weird, creepy, emotional therapy art, people stopped asking for child portraits. <laughs> and that's a beautiful example yep. of." Moving into something that you're really inspired to do, just like Clover's example of like, um, it wasn't necessarily running away from the dice, but it was running towards something. More, yeah, more doing the illustrations, right? I think that oh, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up here, because it's not that you're running away from this thing, you want to give yourself something to run towards, right? Because. Uh, one thing that will happen when you decide like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore is that you will create a vacuum. And unless you have something to fill that vacuum with that you're looking forward to, um, out of the woodwork, everybody's going to, that vacuum is going to fill itself Mm -hmm. with something that is either the same thing or similar. So you always want to have something that you're running towards. And and for me, it's always been, what is it that I love, right? And it, what I love is not, it's not just one thing. It's many things. Like, what do I want to play around with? And for me, what I love is expressing myself through art and being weird and not easily... Um, pigeonholed? Pigeonholed or, or you know, I, I love the fact that my artwork is open to translation from the viewer, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that they have a deep significance to me because in my mind, my artwork is a way for me to express how I feel, the things that I believe, um, what I think would be great for the world to realize as far as my own personal experiences, as far as being happy and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. empowered, you know, um, being reminded of the sense of beauty, the fact that life is too short to be tied up in all kinds of bullshit. So like, that's, that's my, that's my thing that I, that I look for. It's not, it's not like, well, this seems to sell. So let me do that. Like that's, that doesn't excite me at all. So it's, it's, but it's a constant reminder of being able to do that. Tyler said, I'm thankful at the stage where, although 
or thankfully at the stage where although I only sell a few fr- to a few friends, I can just paint and create with no personal judgment. Sketchbooks and charcoal help with that too. Yeah, thankfully. absolutely, absolutely. Clover said, "I just went back to the day I decided to learn to draw and why." Beautiful. This is great. Uh, what you said at most things Clover says are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of you guys. Your little kid reason for doing something is often the purity of the situation. Yeah. Um, so I like to tap into that too. Like, like why why, are, why did you start creating art? You yeah. Didn't, you didn't start creating art because you were like, I'm going to make that money. And if you did, great. You know, then you you were very sure about your motivation, and that's great. If but, you did start creating art to make money, then, you, then what? Then you wouldn't have an issue with the conveyor belt thing. You'd be chasing money, and so you'd know, you'd know you would understand that this is a job. It's not. It's not for love. I am creating this for money. You you create things for money, or you work for money, not because there is love there. You do things that you love. That's why a lot of people have such a hard time with that whole idea of like, don't don't turn your hobby into your job, like that kind of thing, because there. There's a big difference between um, making money as a side effect of what it is that you love mm-hmm. versus doing something simply to make money. There's a big difference there. And sometimes that line is blurred, but it's still emotionally, that's a huge difference there. Sometimes it is that line is blurred. And I will say this too. Like if you did start producing a thing with the intention to make money, um, and it feels like a job, then a helpful question to ask is, okay, so this is my job. Would I rather be doing this job or a different job? Or a different job, yeah. Right? Because sometimes we lose perspective there, too. Sometimes jewelry feels like a job to me, and I have to ask myself, all right, well, would you rather be doing this job, or would you rather go have to get a job somewhere? <laughs> I think as long as you're not... Um... As long as you're not treating yourself the same way that you would be treated if you were like in the corporate world, right? Yeah. Where um, you're not really treated with respect for your time and things like that. Right. And I think that that's the thing. A lot of a lot of the reason that people get burned out um, trying to create stuff is because you know if you are if you're creating something right with the specific purpose of making money and it doesn't make money, then the question comes up, why did I do this? Why did I waste my time doing this? Right? Whereas if you create something with a specific purpose of creating that thing, then the answer to why did I do this is because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, And it, there's a big difference between that and that love that you have for that thing and then putting it out there and then maybe someone else um, connecting with it Versus you putting it out there and it doesn't sell and then you just look at it as if it's a failure because essentially your purpose was to make money with it and it failed. And so now you start turning your artwork into this negative thing mm-hmm. um, that just reminds you of how much you are failing. Yeah. <clears throat> or it Excuse becomes me. wildly. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Or it becomes wildly successful and you feel utterly trapped. I remember um, the last job that I had, I worked for a a woman who was really brilliant in her field and it was her passion, but it was wildly successful and then she felt trapped there. And she said to me, um, never let your passion become your cage. Um, And this was at a time where I was still, um, you know, like I was just doing art on the side as a passion. I had not pursued an artistic career. But that stuck with me. That stuck with me to never let your passion become your cage. Well, I mean, yeah, because if your motivation changes from from what it was originally. And that's the thing, like, I've seen plenty of people make, uh, have a successful career Mm -hmm. um, and not turn their passion into a cage. Yeah, I think it's easy to get lost in micromanaging something and be focused on the wrong things. And I think that's what happened in this case. So Ginny said, I love baking. I invent constantly. At work, an executive said she knew executives at Whole Foods pushed me to go into business, sell the goods there, sell the recipe, make all the monies. 
And then Jenny said, I hated the idea so much. It was my little nook, and it made me happy. It was turning into evil, stressful business. Long story short, no cookies are in Whole Foods, and that's okay for me. Yeah. And that's the thing. You got you to gotta know. It's a personal choice. Yeah, it's yeah. a personal choice. You got to know. Like, I, you know, I, I remember... Um, Cooking, like I'll cook something and people have told me like, oh, you should totally um, open a restaurant. And I'm like, no. I would hate that. I would hate that. <laughs> when it came to my spinning easel, I don't know how many people were like, you need to patent that and like sell it and blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? The plans are online. You go ahead and do, oh, you'll make all this money with the spinning easel. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to build a spinning easel, use it. Share the plans with you. You could build your own spinning easel and use it. I didn't get into it to make money. Somebody else might see that and be like, well, that's really dumb. Like you should whatever. And it's like, that's just extra work in a, in a, in a field that I don't, I have zero interest in. I was excited about figuring out how I could build a spinning easel for myself and design something. And I'm still excited and like playing around with the designs and like perfecting it and stuff like that. But do I want to sell these, mass produce these and sell these? No, I have zero interest in that. I No, I want to use it and then put it out there or film a video yeah. of how I built a new spinning easel. I don't know, like fun stuff like that. And that's the beauty of humans as we all have different passions in different places. There are humans that would be passionate about patenting. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. Like, I've known a few a few inventors that that's yeah. that's they get really excited about doing jam. that and like starting a business and doing contracts and stuff like that. And I'm like, I just don't I don't want to. On hand said, I find I get sucked into the thought of if I make money with this thing I love, I can keep doing it. And then the money becomes the focus. Yeah. It's it's really just easy to kind of fall into that way of thinking um, and forget that, like, well, you can, you can keep doing a thing regardless. Yeah. Like, you can keep doing it. Like, no one is going to stop me from making music. Right. No way. Plain and simple. Right. Like, if it never makes money, like, it's just... But I understand that, especially, you know, especially when you get into the areas of art where the materials start adding up and you're like, this is <laughs> this hobby of mine is eating us out of house and home and how can I keep doing it? It can feel like pressure to, like, prove that your investment is returning right. something. And it's easy to get lost in that loop. My investment is returning stuff. I remember, well, for the first five years, and even still, um, I mean, other than the fact that we have, like, more bills now and payments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, basically the majority of the money that we make goes right back into stuff. Like, we invest in equipment. We invest in new stuff. Mm -hmm. We get excited about new things. I go and buy a bunch of screen printing stuff and, like, never use it. I bought my body weight in yarn over the years. Yeah. And found out that I hate to knit. Yeah. So, like, but <laughs> but I feel like those investments, you know, they could be seen as, like, oh, well, that's a waste of money. But they could be seen as, like, no, it was an investment in in finding out, figuring out what I don't want to do. Yeah. And uh, so much so much of that particular type of pressure comes from external sources or we think they're coming. You Like, either we have someone in our lives that's like, why are you doing that? That's not a wise investment. Like, you better show a return on that kind of thing or we think that they're thinking that right even if they're not thinking that and so it it, it a lot comes from external factors and so then i think uh you know checking in with your little kid and what your in internal little kid wants is probably a good compass and barometer for like what direction you're truly wanting to be heading uh shroy or i'm sorry i'm skipping around lisa said i still get the job listings email just to remind me what I would rather not do on the days when I need a reminder of how lucky I am to do what I do when I'm having a pity party. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is really good. I have to remind myself of that constantly, constantly, because mm -hmm. they, they, I could easily be like, oh, I've got, you know, and it's funny because it's always a humble brag, like, Oh, I've got so many commissions, and we got all <laughs> art so in demand. I'm so stressed out. Oh yeah. my god! And it's like, really, you're you're complaining about that? You know, 
Troy said, I had a girlfriend who was an amazing artist. I asked, why doesn't she become a full-time artist? Her response was, it would become a job and she wouldn't enjoy making art. And for some people, that's true. Yeah. For some people, that's an excuse because they're scared to take the leap. But yeah. for some people, they know. And for some like, people, you know, it's like being a part-time artist doesn't make you not an artist. Right. You know? having, it doesn't have to be the thing that generates income. Yeah. Having a job like that generates income. Like I had a friend before, before like I took the leap and decided I was going to do my art. Um I had a friend that was a manager with me. He was making as much income as I was, and he was a full-time artist. Uh, well, a, a fart, part-time, fart-time. Fart-time. <laughs> he was, well, he was a full-time artist because he had his artwork hanging in um, really high-end furniture shops in Chicago. He would have gallery shows. He had commissions that would be coming in. So he was, like, running his art business from his little studio apartment in Chicago, just kind of going rogue, doing his own thing and showing it wherever it was that he could. Um, meanwhile, his bills and everything else were getting paid off with uh, with his job as a manager. But then he was also pulling in like ridiculous amounts of money with his art. But there was no pressure there for him. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he had to make money with his art. That was just bonus. So, like, I really, really admired that. And I wish I would have taken a page out of his book at the time. Um, and just, you know, because at that time, like, you're getting your art career started. It's, 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 you're starting a business. You're starting a business. And there's just no, it's not that there's, there's no guarantee that it's going to kick off right away. Mm-hmm. It, but there is always a guarantee that it's going to take time to get to a place where you are comfortable because there's a lot of ropes that you're going to have to learn. And unfortunately you can't learn them anywhere other than going out there and putting yourself out there. And so like, I admired that. Now I also admire the way that we did it, right? Where we basically got rid of everything. We had no bills and just started at the bottom and worked our way up. So it doesn't matter how it is that you do it, whether or not you do have a job or you don't have a job or however it is you do it, as long as you don't allow yourself to quit. And all of that takes place emotionally. It's like dealing with the money stuff, you know, and, um, you know, for some people, yeah, they might continue doing their job because they um, are afraid to take that leap. And for some people, it might just be make more sense to them. Either way, it's okay because it really is a personal choice for sure my husband wants me to jump on every little thing said clover that will make money and i have to keep reminding him that that's not sustainable it's not sustainable it's not it's not wendell said trying to make a living as a potter ruined it for me i absolutely hated it by the time i quit yeah yeah and that's that's it's so funny because i also know um Every single different type of art, like I know potters that are just inherently happy and just doing their thing. And then I know potters that like, you know, everything is about the money and it's always competition with other stores because you could go to Walmart and buy this there and like how nobody's going to pay for this price and like all this stuff. And it's the same thing with some artists who are like putting, they're really happy putting their work out there, however it is that they can, just having fun doing it. And then there are people out there that are competing with the prints uh, that they sell at Hobby Lobby. And like, why would anybody pay this much for that when, you know, other artists are doing, and it's it's always this like world of competition Mm -hmm. um, that is really, really just based on making money. It's It's a financial competition that goes out there and nothing will ruin Nothing will ruin your art career faster than doing that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, like, in every single artistic medium you could work in, you have folks uh, in those two perspectives and every perspective in between on the sliding scale. Yeah. Um, Jenny said, for the baking part, I'd do it. If it was a little, if it shop, was a little shop, but couldn't do it for all the other people's shoulds and shouldn'ts that you end up losing your own plot. Just typing this brings it all back. Yeah, yeah Jenny, it seems to me like with your situation that like you knew and you could foresee 
the emotional turmoil that was coming your way and you were like, not for me, right? And that's so good. So it was a solid decision that that's, was made. That's really good. And the yeah. truth is, the truth is that all stuff like that starts off small. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you take on, you take on what you can handle. It's, it's people that go out there and are chasing the money that take on huge responsibilities and it becomes big right from right i'm gonna build this entire corporation right i'm gonna build this business this empire but there's zero foundation that it's standing on because you know you're just right out of the box saying like this is what i'm gonna do and it's like you need to build that foundation um or else it just becomes it becomes a nightmare yeah we've had like <laughs> with our uh, goggles like our little cute uh, goggles that we make in wool and wood and clay um we had a friend who wanted to like take that mainstream take it global do like and the idea was like i i was like i'm picking up what you're laying down but at the same time uh we're just not feeling it <laughs> right now she she had friends that well you know like we're talking like big stores neiman like marcus neiman and marcus like, and like all these stores and i was like it is a good idea but it's just not i'm not no for us right now not right now yeah, and yeah. so being able to just be honest about that and it's is like good and it's understanding because like you know yeah is that a great opportunity to like make that money i'm like yeah it's yeah. great. However, um, then it becomes, I don't know. I don't know. I felt, it, it just, it felt off to me. I was like. It felt like, <clears> especially <throat> for the goggles and yeah. like who they the, are. The goggles are just happy and so agog over you and so happy. And so like, I was like, why would an goggle be sitting at Neiman Marcus? And the thing is. I'm not saying that that's. Ginny's making a good point too. Like if it starts off as a small thing that eventually grows into a big thing organically. That's very different than like taking it from zero to like empire built on a goggles or yeah. cookies if that's not what you're setting out to do. Yeah. Well, Jenny's saying here, I was just going to say all she talked about was money. Yeah. Right. And that's so the thing. It's like the a lot. The feeling is off. The feeling is off because like I didn't create the goggles um, to make to make money <laughs> to buy a Rolls Royce with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like that's where that's where get thing things get a little bit thrown off, and that's that's really over the years. Like I've really really been able to identify, and I'm still working on it. You know, when it comes to certain things, but I've really been able to identify for a fact that like you got to be really really careful when money gets involved mm -hmm. right because then you don't want to turn this thing that you love into work by chasing after the money and there have been a lot of decisions that i do not regret like that where i chose not to chase after the money right even mm -hmm. though something looked like it was going to be super lucrative Right. It's a great I, idea, right? Why wouldn't you? But you just kind of like feel but it's like, that it's not do for I, do, it Is that the thing that I want to pour all my time and energy into? And it's like, no, no, it's not. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there are times where you just walk away. There are times where you put it on a shelf. There are times where you blatantly say no. There are times where you reevaluate whether or not you're saying no for the right reasons or if you're saying yes for the right reasons. But at the end of the day, whatever it is that you choose to do, um, it's okay. It's your career or your art business or your whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. It really only matters what you think because you're the one doing the stuff. doesn't even matter what your closest people think. I mean... When it's your closest people, usually then there's a conversation. Yeah. If I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then he's like, well, do you really not want to do that? Or are you just like tired or scared or whatever? A, um, lot, a lot of times it's good. It's like the question is, well, why? Yeah. You know? And then eventually you arrive at the important thing, which is like you ask yourself the questions and then you really know how you feel about a thing. Regardless of how you feel, you know how you feel. Aurora said, I used to hire Facebook friends to crochet my winter hats every year. All of them have quit. C 
because their designs kept getting copied by Chinese ripoff sites and no one wants to pay anymore. You know, the reason nobody's going to pay for them anymore is because they quit, unfortunately. Because the one thing that sucks that that happens and it does happen, mm-hmm. but the the one thing that they could build on that none of those other shops can build on is fun, happy reputation. That's it. We don't. I don't buy crocheted hats from Big Box. From Big Box, I'm going to buy them from somebody who makes them, and I'm going to buy them from that person mm-hmm. specifically because of that person. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's easy to, and I'm not saying that it's not a problem. It is a problem, but it's easy to quit something simply because you have told yourself that it's impossible to succeed in it. Mm-hmm. And you can succeed at anything, at anything, as long as you don't quit. doesn't matter how long it takes. You can succeed at anything as long as you don't give yourself the excuse to quit. And you tell know? yourself, like, if you're telling yourself, like, there's no one left out there that's buying handmade, that they're all buying big box, it's it's a, it's not true. It's not. And, and it might be frustrating because I, I can you know, like I understand the frustration there. Definitely, right, with jewelry. Yeah, um, we've had to we've had to contact places and tell them to take down our pictures from their website. Yeah, um, but at the same time, like I still have a pretty awesome customer base. Um, sure, most people are not coming to me. But honestly, if most people were coming to me, I wouldn't be able to fulfill all their orders. So um, I'm okay with having like my um, my ecosystem uh, how it is. Uh, Cameron said you have to be careful with that. Soon you'll get so busy with the goggles business on that you'll end up paying someone else to make it and it'll lose its energy. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. That's what we were concerned with was if they were mass produced. That was the that direction that was the direction that she wanted to go in. And I was like, that's that's cool, but I wouldn't do that with the goggles. Right? Yeah. I, I might do that with something that I specifically created for mass production, but I wouldn't do that with the goggles. There's a handmade feel and a personality to each goggle that mm-hmm. that really is important to me. And so, like while we are grassroots building an goggles empire, as we create each goggle, um, they do yeah for them and things like that where it's like the human energy that goes yeah. into it. Uh, you know, that's our choice. Big business tends to poop all over small business. The Amazon steamrolled most people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, as long as we stay resilient and keep fighting it, you know, keep fighting the good fight by just being ourselves and putting ourselves out there and essentially sticking the middle finger right in um, big business's face, then I'm like, let's do this thing. There's way more of us than there are of them. That's all I have to say. And with that, I'm out. Mic drop. Ooh, okay. Well, we are over time. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, so, well, um, uh, so yeah, I I think that that's it. I don't even need an end of the day. At the end of the day, just do what you want to do. There we go. There it is. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, thank you guys so much for being here, the Rogues. You guys are amazing and awesome, and you always make these a lot more fun. Uh, it's always fun getting your perspective and your insight mm-hmm. uh, into the subject that we're talking about. And for everybody listening to this at home, thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I totally adore you. And if you like this and you'd like to subscribe to more if you're listening to us, do this. Uh, I don't know what platform you're on, so if you got to follow, like, subscribe, whatever. Whatever, anything that you have to do to follow us. Go ahead and do that. We try and do these podcasts once a week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, other than that, you want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.